Our focus must be riveted on the Savior and His gospel. It is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto Him in every thought. But when we do, our doubts and fears flee. When we draw His power into our lives, both He and we will rejoice. Kia ora, friends. It is wonderful to be with you today on the Doubt Not, Fear Not podcast. My name is Jeremy Higgins, and I am co-hosting today's podcast with the wonderful Tui Hawk. Good to have you here with us, Tui. Kia ora. But before we get into the content, we just want to take a brief moment to introduce ourselves. So, Tui, we'd love to hear about who you are, where you're from, what you're doing these days, and perhaps also why you've decided to come on today's podcast. Kia everybody. My name is Tui and I am from Manirewa, South Auckland. I currently live in Orake and I'm studying at AUT doing a Bachelor of Māori Media. A little bit about myself. come from a family of nine. My mum is a convert to the church and raised me in the gospel. I serve my mission in the Philippines, San Pablo Mission. Yay! <laughs> And I actually met Jeremy about two months ago when he was giving a workshop for the YSA in the North Shore. And he was talking about some really interesting and thought-provoking ideas and experiences that he's had to do with mindset and kind of overcoming challenges and like persevering and developing himself and as he was sharing I was really moved because I really saw in myself that you know mindset is something that I need to to strengthen within myself and how important his message was for YSA so I guess a big reason why I'm on this podcast today is because I know that I need it I know that I need to learn and develop the muscle of overcoming self-sabotaging thoughts and behaviors. And so I'm sure that if I need it, a lot of YSA out there will also um, benefit a lot from this corridor that we have today with, with Jeremy. Uh, so, yeah, that's me. Um, and, yeah, how about you, Jeremy? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, thanks, Tui. And thank you so much. You're so kind um, and gracious in your words. Tui has just been a pleasure to have gotten to know her over the last couple of months through additional mindset workshops, and she's just awesome. She has beautiful insights that she shares with the class every time. But a little bit about myself. I am Kiwi. I was raised in West Auckland. I moved to Australia kind of in my early teenage years, and then In my later teenage years, I came back and attended the Church College of New Zealand for three years. I served a mission in South Korea, got married. I've had a couple of kids. It's been about 20 years since my mission. And since that time, I have done photography, design, software development, kind of all small business stuff. But more recently, in the last decade or so, I've been heavily involved in technology and communications by day. My nighttime Batman job is mindset coaching, where I get to work with wonderful individuals and groups. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. But the reason why I'm here is exactly what Tui was saying, is just helping spread that message of love and self-compassion. And we can all do this, even though it can be hard sometimes. But one thing I did want to share before we start today is 
I've suffered from mental illness, depression, suicide ideation since I was a teenager. I kind of got through that just like a lot of people do, highs and lows throughout life. But in 2018, I was pretty sick. I found myself in a bridge wanting to end my life. We're not going to go into that today. But I was miraculously saved by a police officer named Bridget. And I totally believe that God was there watching over me and sent me an angel. And since that time, it was a really, really low point in my life. Um, Of course, I worked on myself. I've done a lot of therapy. I've done a lot of different things. But I also trained to become a mindset coach because I felt like part of my calling in life is to help others through the stuff that they might be going through. So I've been practicing as a mindset coach for a couple of years now, working with individuals and with groups. And part of the reason why we're here today, part of the reason why I'm here today is just to help others, not only through the deep, dark times, but also just to move forward and reach your goals and be excited about life. So yeah, we're both really excited about today's topic. In my work as a mindset coach, this is one of the questions that comes up over and over again. Now, Tui and I have been asked to speak about the following question. How do I take full responsibility for my self-sabotaging behaviors and thought patterns? And I love this topic. So let's just repeat that question for the listeners out there. How do I take full responsibility for my self-sabotaging behaviors and thought patterns? And in other words, how do I overcome my biggest weaknesses? So we're going to hear from Tui in just a second. She's going to help us actually answer these questions, mostly herself. We're going to do things a little bit differently today, I think. Tui has kindly volunteered to participate in what we might call a live coaching demonstration. So I'll be taking Tui through a live coaching session to help our listeners understand what might occur in a private session with a coach or a therapist. Now we're going to answer that question about self-sabotage and overcoming those behaviors through the power of awareness. And so today we're going to talk a lot about self-awareness. If we're talking about this in a gospel context, we might refer to something like the power and the gift of discernment. And I really love how Elder Bednar frames discernment as the ability that we have to see the light in ourselves and in others, but also the ability that we have to see the darkness in ourselves Mm -hmm. and others and understanding the light and the dark to help propel us forward and utilize the power of the atonement to change. So we're going to tap into self-awareness. We're going to share some things from the positive psychology realm, but we're also going to show how these things relate to the gospel. So before we get into the awareness exercises, though, let's make sure we understand the topic first. And Tui's going to help us with this. And the first question, Tui, is what is self-sabotage? What are we even talking about today? What does that actually mean? Yeah, that's a great question. For me, self-sabotage is when you want something, like you have a clear goal or you have this knowledge of what would most benefit you if you did it and then you act counterproductive to those goals or to that knowledge that you have. That's what self-sabotage shows up for me as when I know that I should be studying because I really want to get this degree, but then I spend three hours on TikTok or it's finally time for me to clean my room instead of doing my assignment. It's like, you know that there's something for you to do that's actually going to really benefit you, but then you you act counterproductive to that. Yeah. 
I love that definition. I think you've nailed it for sure. Are there any other examples of self-sabotage that you might see in yourself or in others that's just pretty typical for YSA? I know a lot of my friends and myself have a lot of health goals, but then we end up at a McDonald's drive through <laughs> when we're hanging out. So that could be one way that we self-sabotage just the fast food life. The temptation of KFC is real. (laughs) This is real, people. Yes. Another thing, I guess maybe even as YSA, we want to get married, we want to date. Self-sabotage can look different in so many ways. Like maybe not going on dates could be one way YSA self-sabotage or kind of looking for things that they know probably aren't going to benefit them in a long-term relationship. There's so many things that YSA that we're dealing with now and it's really difficult because sometimes it's hard to discern what is worth it, like what is worth putting our attention to because so so many things are kind of fighting, grappling for our attention just in social media, kind of in expectations of being a young single adult and it's really difficult sometimes to discern, okay, where should I put my attention? And then when you do start putting your attention in something, self-sabotage comes and it's like, oh, so it's a, yeah, that's a little bit of the struggles of YSA life from my, my experience. Yeah. Again, you're nailing that and helping us understand that all of us do it. All of us do it. And if we were to go just a step further, why do you think we self-sabotage? We know what we want, but we self-sabotage anyway. So what's going on behind that? to it what do you think I'm still trying to figure it out I think there's layers to it layers to the why I think some are really obvious we haven't set an alarm to go to the gym at this time so obviously you're not going to go you haven't actually scheduled anything in so there's like kind of that layer of not putting in the action so you're not obviously going to get the result but then self-sabotage again is kind of things that I feel we're not so aware of that are kind of driving us to do things that are counterproductive or maybe even destructive to where we want to go and who we want to be. And as I was pondering, why do we self-sabotage? One of the things that came to mind is this quote that I heard from Marian Williamson. She's this famous author. And I'll share a bit of the quote. So it says, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your plain small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that others won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. So I think that's a really powerful statement because what it shows me is that when we are shrinking or in other words, playing small, how she said, when we're doing things that are actually having us not grow and stay stuck there's actually a lot of fear behind it and what she says it's actually the fear of being great so that could look like low self-esteem 
negative self-talk, sitting in negative emotions a little bit too long. So I think self-sabotage comes from the inside, comes from our mindset. Yeah, I love that, Tui. And I love that you've kind of hit that from different angles. Sometimes it's super clear, I should have set the alarm. But then other times we don't always quite understand what's driving our behaviors. What we do learn in psychology, and we're not going to go deeply into this topic today, but trauma, things that have happened to us in the past, our experiences from childhood, from growing up, these can unconsciously affect our conscious life and sometimes without us even realizing it. And so part of what we're going to do today and the exercise that we're just about to do is help people bring more awareness to not only the conscious things, things that we kind of know are our issue, but also help us perhaps draw out some of the things that might be a little bit unconscious. And so we've addressed the question, what is self-sabotage? Kind of why do we do it? The next question is really the focus of the rest of the podcast today. And that question is, so how do we overcome these self-sabotaging behaviors? So in the personal coaching world, or in even therapy or counseling, we'll use exercises and tools to help people with the different things they're struggling with. But when we use these tools in therapy or in coaching, we typically know a lot about that person. So we know what tools to use. So what we're going to do for the listeners today is we're going to get to know Tui just a little bit better so that when we dive in to addressing a self-sabotaging behavioral thought pattern, we have some context. And so we're going to walk through a five-step process. We're going to focus on bringing awareness to Tui's future, where she wants to be. We're going to talk about where she's at now, bring awareness to where she's at now, what's holding her back. We're going to get focused on what we should be focusing on right now. And then we're going to use a reframing technique and a mobilization technique. All those phrases will make a lot more sense by the end of the podcast, but let's get into it. So the first part of the process is bringing awareness to what you want for your future. And this is so important because if you don't know what you want for your future, what's the point? But also you also don't know what's holding you back. So Tui, we want to just get a little, we want to get to know uh, you a little bit better. And so step one, as we're trying to bring awareness and we're trying to overcome our self-sabotaging behaviors, step one is really helping us to bring greater awareness to what we want in the future. And so I'm going to ask Tui two key questions about her future. It's what do you want to, in your future? What do you see as your ideal future? And why is that important to you? So Tui, if you could just help us get to know you a little bit better, what is it that you see in your future? Try to be, you know, concise and brief, but give us a good idea of what that looks like and why is that important? Yeah, so 10 years down the track, I see myself with my own eternal family, of course, a career where I can travel, where I can help others and I can use my creative side and healthy, financially self-reliant and also spiritually and culturally grounded. That's pretty much the sum up of where I want to go in my future. And the second question, why is that important to me? Those things are important to me because I really value family. I value connection. I value stability. And I think that having those goals will help me to really actually enjoy my life. Love it. Love it. 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I've heard from you, these are some of the key words that I heard, the beautiful future that Tui's just described to us with its family, a successful career where travel is possible, but also importantly, it's to be creative, to be able to help others. It's also about being healthy. And I assume that means not only healthy physically, but healthy mind, healthy body, healthy soul, financially grounded, stable, but also grounded in the culture and in the gospel and in Fano with connection and stability. Is mm-hmm. that about right? Yeah. <laughs> so I love every time I work with people, especially the people of Tui's generation, I just love exploring that question. She's given a beautiful summary of what she sees in her future. But I also always hear this passion and excitement, not only for fulfilling yourself, but fulfilling for doing things that are fulfilling and helpful to make our whānau, our communities, and this world a better place. But there's a crucial question that comes after that. So we all have these dreams and aspirations for the future. And the next question or step two is bringing more awareness to the present. So you know what you want. But now we need to understand what's going on right now. Like, how are we going to get that future if we're doing things to self to sabotage what that future might be? And so the crucial question is, Tui, what is holding you back from all these beautiful things? Health, finance, groundedness in the culture, connection, stability, creativity. What holds you back potentially from achieving these dreams? Mm, a few things that come to mind is sometimes I want things to be so good to the best level that they can be that I don't even try. So a bit of perfectionism going on there, comparing my efforts to other people's efforts can also be discouraging. So you've identified that sometimes you can be a bit of a perfectionist. Sometimes that means trying too hard to get everything perfect for some people. It's like you'd kind of never get there because everything has to be 100% perfect. And so you're like, oh, I'm not ready. I just It's just got to be better. And then another aspect of perfectionism is I'm never going to get it right, so I'm not even going to try. Yeah. And so you've identified this. And this is quite common, especially among YSA in the church. Also, there's the comparison game. Like, oh, I'm here, other people are here. So that can be disheartening sometimes. But we've also identified that Tui, she's actually admitted out loud that she's also struggling to know what some of the other things are that might be holding her back. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to probe in there a little bit more. And what I'd like Tui to do is, Tui, if you're going to be super honest with yourself right now, to the point where it's okay to be 100% honest with myself. If I close my eyes or if I just really take some personal stock, and the question is, what are you doing as you think about career, as you think about family, as you think about finances, health, whatever it happens to be, what are you actually doing or not doing to sabotage the beautiful future? that you've described. And some of these things might be things that you are a little bit ashamed to mention out loud. It's like, Ooh, I'm kind of doing that. And I'm ashamed of it. Ooh, I don't know if I want other people to know about that thing. Now I'm not asking for any deep, dark secrets, but <laughs> as yeah. you ponder that now, what are you doing to sabotage? If you're just being a hundred percent honest with us all. Mm, okay. I have this pattern where I'll have this goal. 
yep, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read these many books or I'm going to go to the gym this many times a week and I'm going to eat this certain way and I'm going to study my scriptures every single day and it's going to be amazing and I really get myself hyped up for it, have my plan for it. (laughs) And then within two weeks of me going through that, I get burnt out. I get discouraged because I don't act according to exactly everything that I said I was going to do. This is the whole point. When you make these beautiful plans, you've got it all planned out. You've got your goal. You're like, yeah, solid. I'm motivated. I'm going to do it. And then two weeks later, oh my gosh, I'm no longer motivated or I failed and I kept it up for a week and then I stopped or I'm burnt out and now I'm getting discouraged. What is the little voice in your head? Like what Mm -hmm. is the voice telling you two weeks later that stops you from continuing along that path? Wow, that's actually such a prefer question because that's what's going on for me right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm at that two-week point with one of my goals that I feel I totally flopped. Oh, my gosh, here we go again. And right now the little voice is saying in my head, why are you even trying? Like, don't even try. There are certain type of people who can do that and you're not one of those kinds of people. I think when you box yourself, like you define yourself that, oh, I can do this, I am this kind of person, it starts to put limits. And I think that's one of my self-sabotaging behaviors is I tell myself that I am this way because of this rather than being open to changing really like how I see myself. Great. This is perfect, Tui. This is a really good example for our listeners of the types of voices that we hear in our heads. So Tui has just told us, we've brought some awareness to the present. What's holding her back? She knew, okay, perfectionist tendencies sometimes, or it's the comparison game and I get disheartened or discouraged. But as we go a little bit deeper, it's, well, what are the little voices telling me when I have a goal and I start a goal and I'm all good and then I stop? And she has started to mention things like, My little voice tells me, why are you even trying? You shouldn't even try. Just give up. Or a little voice that says, some people can do that, but you're not one of those people. You just can't do it. Is this right to you? Is this the kind of thing? Okay. Okay. And so this is pretty common for us. And so what we want to do now is we've identified a number of little voices or little thought patterns or behaviors that's holding her back. But what we want to try and identify now, and this is step three, is get really focused about what voice or what thought pattern is probably the one that she needs to overcome the most right now. Or in other words, which one, if we focus on right now, is going to have the most significant long-lasting impact on her long-term growth over the next kind of 12 months or so. And so as you think about comparison, perfectionism, And these little voices, you're not good enough. Why are you even trying? You're not one of these kinds of people that's actually going to be able to succeed. Oh, I have compassion for those voices because I hear them myself and all of us do. But which of those voices or those thought patterns is probably the one that is like your worst enemy? At the moment, it's the last one that I said. You're not that kind of person. Okay. You're not that kind of person. And can you just explain a little bit more and help us all understand what that actually means? You're not that kind of person. What does that mean? What that means for me is sometimes 
when I look at people doing well at certain things, I just attribute it to, oh, that's the kind of person they are. I mean, logically, I know that everybody can do what everybody can do. We're all capable of doing amazing things because we're all human. But what happens in my internal dialogue is just start to really assume that people are, because they have this kind of outcome in their life, that they're a certain way. And because I don't have that outcome in my life, that I'm a certain way and that there's nothing that I can do to bridge the gap or no matter how hard I try to bridge the gap between who I am and where I want to be, I just can't because that's not the way that I am. Okay. You don't have to, but are you able to get even more specific? Like I am not the kind of person that can finish my studies or I am not the kind of person that can stop binging on Netflix is there anything you can be a little bit more specific with you don't have to but can you yeah okay one of the things that (laughs) I say to myself is I'm not the kind of person that can get up at 6am and go to the gym I'm not the kind of person that can be consistent with meal prepping or Even I'm not the kind of person who is so amazing at really diving into the scriptures every day and I'm not the kind of person who is at that caliber of in my studies that is just so amazing. Just kind of those examples can show up sometimes for me, yeah. Okay, thank you. That's perfect, Tui. I think that makes it really clear for us. And so just one little thing I want to insert here is when we talk about self-sabotage, we often think of often it will be self-destructive behaviors, addictions, any kind of addiction. It could be I eat too much, I don't eat enough. It could be Netflix binging. It could be social media scrolling. It could be pornography. It could be drug or alcohol abuse. It could be anything. Often what's happening is there's a thought pattern. There's a belief we have about ourselves or about the world that is actually pushing us into those self-destructive behaviors. So I just wanted to point that out. Sometimes if people think about self-sabotage, that's drug abuse. Yes, but we're trying to understand what thought patterns is driving that kind of behavior. And so let's work with this. So now we've brought some awareness to what Tui wants to work on most. And what she wants to work on most is, I'm not the kind of person that can blank, blank, blank. So I'm not the kind of person that can get up and be consistent. I'm not the kind of person that can do meal prep. I'm not the kind of person that can dive into the scriptures regularly. So what we want to do now, and this is step four, is we want to reframe. We want to like turn that on its head and actually give some truth and some power and turn that from a disempowering statement into an empowering statement. And this is actually something that Tui said a couple of weeks ago, changing things from something that is disempowering to something that is empowering. So step four is the reframe. And what we're going to reframe is we're going to reframe this idea that I'm not the kind of person that can blank, blank, blank. So I'm going to ask you a number of questions. These are pretty simple questions, Tui, and just need to be honest about it. So the first question, and again, listeners can do the same thing with themselves, is this thought pattern 100% true? This thought pattern of I'm not the kind of person that can, is this 100% true 100% of the time? 
I would say no, it's not 100% true. Okay, so that would indicate, and correct me if I'm wrong, that there have been times in your life when you have demonstrated that you are the kind of person that can do these kinds of things. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so first listeners, (laughs) we've identified that is not 100% true. It might be true sometimes, (laughs) or we might think it's true sometimes, but it's not 100% true 100% of the time. The next question is, and again, you can follow along, how does this belief, how does holding on to this belief affect you? How does it make you feel to it? It is discouraging. It's that word disempowering. It's a hopeless kind of way of thinking. If you think you can't, if you just already kind of stump yourself that, oh, I can't do that. It's like, okay, there's no more possibility of anything happening there. So it's kind of a dead end thought pattern, I'd say. Nice. Okay. So it's a discouraging, disempowering, hopeless. So we don't want that in our life. What is going to be the cost to you in 10 years as you think about that future? What is the cost of holding on to this belief? Man, the cost of holding on to that belief would be a really sad, unfulfilling life. If I looked back and I had just kept listening to that voice, I'd probably not get anywhere with the things that I'm striving for or it would probably just be a real mediocre effort and outcome. So it sounds like you don't want to hold on to this. Is that correct? No, no, I don't. (laughs) Okay, because a sad, unfulfilling, mediocre, not getting anywhere life doesn't sound very good at all. (laughs) No. Okay. How will your life transform for the better if you change this belief right now? Wow. I can see that if I change this belief right now, that... I'd feel a lot more fulfilled and satisfied with where I'm spending my time, my energy. I'll probably have achieved a lot of the goals that I want to because if you're the kind of person who can do hard things, then you get, what is it? Do the mahi, get the treats. I'd be doing that rather than thinking that I can't do the mahi so I won't be getting any kind of benefits from those things yeah so I can just see if I change it right now if I change that belief right now it would change my life change your life okay and that's what we want we want our lives to change so the final question here then Tui is now that you've identified what that is and you see the cost of it and you also see the benefits of changing that right now how would you reframe that belief how could you turn that on its head or reframe it or re-say it in a different way that actually makes it empowering? And I heard you say, I can do the mahi. Mm. Is, th- is that a way? Is there another way that you might phrase, I'm not the kind of person that can? What would you turn that into instead to create an empowering belief? Yeah, I can. Just really affirming, like simple, I can do this. I can do that. Okay, I can do this, I can do the mahi, I can get it done. Is there any other way, if you were to say that in front of yourself in the mirror a few times every day, what, what, how would you actually say that? We're just trying to make sure that we have the right phrase that is opposite to what you were thinking before. I can do it, why not me? I can do it, 
Why not me? I love it. I love it. Love it. Okay. So for our listeners, just to summarize what's happened here, what we did is we took a look. Step one was taking a look at Tui's future. We focused out, sorry, we brought some awareness to her future. Second step was we asked the question, well, in the present, so we brought awareness to the present and we asked the question, well, what's holding you back from that beautiful future? And she listed a few different things. The third step was we said, okay, out of all those things that are holding you back, what is the one thing you probably need to work on the most? So we brought some focused awareness. And what she said was, I'm not the kind of person that can. That's probably the thing she needs to work on the most. And what we've just done now in step four is we've reframed and she's changed that belief from I'm not the kind of person that can, blah, 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 to now I can do it. Why not me? And so the final step of the process, step five, is to mobilize this new belief or to start believing it. So what happens is when you've defined a new empowering belief, and we're going to come back to some gospel principles and how this is related as we wrap up the podcast in just a moment. But once you've defined a new empowering belief, it's going to take our brains a bit of time to learn to really believe that. We need to help our brain to rewire itself. And the simplest way to help your brain rewire itself is to repeat that to yourself in the mirror a few times a day. And when you couple that with something like prayer and saying, Heavenly Father, I have this belief. I'm not the kind of person that can. And Mm. you say, Heavenly Father, I need help with this. And what I'm going to be saying in the mirror every day is, I can do it. Why not me? But I need you to help me change my heart, Heavenly Father. Can you please help me do that? And when you couple that with repetition in the mirror and an accountability partner, God can be an accountability partner. But what I'd also like to encourage you to do, Tui, is to actually text this to someone every day for like the next 30 days. Can you do that? Okay, yeah. And so let's get specific Mm -hmm. about how we're going to mobilize this and hold some accountability. So accountability with self, accountability with God, and accountability with someone else. And so your new mantra or your new belief is, I can do it, why not be? Who would you text this to every day? Who would be that person you'd text this to? Just so I don't annoy anybody, (laughs) I feel like I'll just text it to my mum or something. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And when will you text it to your mum? I'll text it before 8 a.m. Okay. And how are you going to hold yourself accountable to do that before 8 a.m. every day? I'll set an alarm for 7.50 to text someone. Yeah. Beautiful. So everyone, Tui has given us a perfect example of how she can hold herself accountable. We've looked at the future, we've defined what's holding her back, we've focused on one thing to work on, and we've begun this process of reframing and holding Mm -hmm. herself accountable, not only to herself, but also with God and also with an accountability partner that could be a parent, a friend, or a mentor. So any other questions around this whole reframe of I can do it or why not me to Or should we move into the final part of the podcast? <clears throat> Just one question that came to my mind is when we're changing our beliefs about ourselves, have you ever found in your clients or the people that you've worked with or your own experience that you start the affirmation, but then self-sabotage comes up again? Like, 
how do you because obviously sometimes we have ingrained within us this negative self-talk so it's like you say I can do it why not me but then there might be that pushback of that voice that comes up again is it enough to affirm that to yourself or is this okay if I keep doing this will I be able to kind of overcome that negative self-talk that I'm so used to your question is the perfect question to end the podcast on so what we're going about to go into is to and I are just going to share a couple of quotes or scriptures or insights that are gospel related but the question about is this really going to work and the answer is yes, but let me explain why. The scientific research shows that if you repeat something like this to yourself every day, that belief will change. Because what's actually happening psychologically is you're forming new neural pathways. But Tui is also right in saying that you're going to meet resistance. In mm. fact, when I first started doing this when I was really sick, for yeah. me to tell myself that I am intelligent or creative or kind, I hated saying that. I was like, I am not creative. I don't like myself and I'm never going to be like that. So you will face resistance and it may be hard, but this is why we get so simple. This is something she can do in less than one minute a day. And is this something you can actually do to me? Is it possible to do this every day? Yeah. It I can is. see that I can do it. Yeah. Can you can you push yourself through that for one minute a day just to text that to your mum? Can you do that? Right? <laughs> yeah, I can. You can. And so I actually promise you that if you combine that with prayer, I promise you and I guarantee, and I've seen this in client time and time again, that if you do that for the next three weeks, you will actually start believing that. Now the research also shows that you need to do things longer than for 21 days. You know, a lot of mm -hmm. time they say 30 days. It's actually more like 66 days. That's actually what the research actually <laughs> says. But I promise you that within the first 21 to 30 days, you will actually start believing it and that mm -hmm. resistance will start to drop. But for you to like embed this and make sure it sticks forever, you're just going to need to keep doing that continuously for probably another couple of months after that but I guarantee it will work I love that thank you yeah okay so we want to wrap this up we want to tie it back to the gospel and Tui what yeah. would you like to share well first thank you Jeremy for that taking me through that that really like opened up a lot for me and just for those who are listening you may have your own struggle or your own thing that you're grappling with at the moment and um, I'm really comforted by the scripture in Ether 12 27 where it acknowledges that the Lord he gives us weaknesses mm -hmm. so that these weaknesses these trials that we go through self-sabotaging behaviors are not necessarily a sign that God doesn't love us or that we're not enough which is sometimes what can keep us feeling so low about ourselves is we think that just because we have weaknesses that, you know, that it means that we're not enough. But I love how the Savior just says, I've given you these so that you can come closer to me. I've given you these so that you can learn to lean on me and on my power. And I love how you emphasize the importance of doing self-work with Heavenly Father 
like how powerful that is and how blessed we are as members of the Church of Jesus Christ that we know that Heavenly Father's there on our side. Like if He's with us, then we, how can we lose? Just a few more thoughts that came to mind was, as you were saying, even though this is a real simple practice, which I am going to do, I'm going to do it. Nice. Um, in the scriptures, it also talks about by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. And you can really see that in this and these tools that you've given us today. Um, and just one more thought is in Preach My Gospel, there's a quote by President Boy K. Packer. And he talks about true doctrine. And one of the greatest truths is that we are children of God and everything that is, everything that that entails, being a child of God, holds so much value and so much power in a way that if you're a child of God, the highest, the creator of all things, there's so much potential that we do have. And so just based on that, that true doctrine, he says, true doctrine understood changes attitudes and behavior. And I feel as you were sharing, when you're able to identify the false doctrines, the false negative thoughts that are holding us back from really being an expression of God's love in ourselves and our lives, and we really understand that, like who we are as divine children of God, that I am enough, that I can do this, why not me? That how you said that it changes attitudes and behavior. And those those are just some thoughts that came to mind as you were sharing. So thank you so much, Jeremy. Mm, thank you, Tui. I loved all of those thoughts. One quote that I wanted to share to close up is from a man named Gary Zukav. He's not a member of the church, but he is a spiritual leader in his own community. And he said, when you find an addiction, and I will add a weakness or a struggle, when you find an addiction or weakness, do not be ashamed. Be joyful. Why? Mm -hmm. You have found something that you have come to this earth to heal. When you confront and heal an addiction or weakness, you are doing the deepest spiritual work you can do on this earth. And just like Tui said, when we face these weaknesses, which can take a long time sometimes, we come closer and closer to the Savior if we allow him to be a part of that process. President Nelson said, repentance is a process and forsaking our weaknesses and our sins is a lifetime pursuit. Outer Christofferson said, new and creating new and wholesome habits or overcoming bad habits often means an effort today followed by another tomorrow and then another, perhaps for many days, even months and years. And President Hinckley said, try your best, but you need not be perfect in these things. You simply need to be trying. So what I'd like to say is hold compassion for yourself. Hold space for compassion, self-compassion. Try not to judge yourself. Try not to compare because whatever your weakness, whatever your struggle, remember this is why we're here on earth. It's to overcome these weaknesses and these shortcomings. And when we do it together with the Savior, we're doing it right. That's why we're here. Christ is the great physician. He's the master healer. And our struggle with weakness is the entire point of our mortality and the entire point of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so thank you so much, everyone. It's been a pleasure. And we wish you all the best. And go be great. 
Doubt Not Fear Not podcast series has been produced out of the Auckland Institute building with contributions from young adults across New Zealand. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend to direct others to this podcast or listen to other episodes in this series or to enroll in the Institute class associated with the podcast. See our website at doubtnotfearnot.podbean.com. This recording is not an official publication of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The views expressed are those of the participants and are neither the official doctrine nor the official teachings of the church.